All right, Justin, sing me a song that when you first heard it, you were like, this has a lot of potential. But then like the more you heard it or anything like that, you were like, nope, it's just a disappointment. Hmm. A song like that. Uh... Um, how about... Damn it, I hate you. I, that is so oddly specific, and I don't know. I can't think of a song that I that I was like, oh, yeah, it's got... Uh, uh, damn, I'm trying to hear if I think of if I heard, like, an excerpt or, like, a small bit of a song, and then I heard the whole thing. It was like, uh, I didn't really... Uh, damn it, you got me. That's... I'd have to think about that one. You got me. All right, Heather, what about you? This is a tough one. Um, had potential, and it was just a no-go, basically. Um, I actually think this is a really hard one, Sterling. This might be one of the harder ones you've done. I've got an answer. Uh, usually you do have something specific in mind. I'm just saying, I have I... an answer, so it's not impossible. I have yeah. an answer. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm blanking. I lose this time for once, you know. <laughs> All right, both of you. No points. Two points for me. It's going to come to me probably like right after we're done with the segment. That's what usually happens. You know what? If you can come up with one before we start the spoiler-free parts of our movie, I will <laughs> give you a point. Okay. Okay. All right. But that's it. And after this, I'm going to go fast. But the correct answer is... What'd you say? And Furious. That was no pun intended. I did not even mean to do that. But no. (laughs) The correct answer is... is What's that song? All Around Me by Flyleaf. Would have been the correct answer. Because at first... When you first hear it... You're like, oh, this, you know, it, it seems like it's like, a, you know, a new, like, female-led, like, screamo metal band, and you're kind of into it, and you're like, yeah. And then the more you listen to it, you realize it's about Jesus, and it's shitty and terrible. You know what? You reminded me of one that I think I I can say, which is the, uh, the Evanescence song, the Wake Me Up Inside. It's really good at first, really good build up, you know, and then it just kind of gets repetitive. So I think that's my answer. I'll allow it. Yes. I'll allow it. Justin, did you think of one? Um, you know what? I, I think that that's a that that's an appropriate one. I'm gonna go with uh, Metallica's "Unforgiven" too. Here's an excerpt. What I felt, what I've known. Sick and tired, I stand alone. But you'll be there, cause I'm the one who waits for you. Because you're unforgiving too. It sucks. 
but it sounded like a great concept when I first heard a little bit of it because I was like, oh, Unforgiven was a great Metallica song. So, oh, yeah, man, Unforgiven 2. Yeah, this is going to be tight. And that part, what I felt, what I known, that part is kind of similar to the first one. So you're like, oh, yeah. Then you hear the whole song and it is stupid the lyrics don't make any sense and they're saying unforgiven two as in two also but it it's a double meaning because it's supposed to be the number two because this is the second unforgiven it sucks i hate the song and there, there are certain friends i have in my friendship circle who will play that song on purpose when we drive places for wrestling because they know i hate it so yeah there's a little story about me and unforgiven two nice i think that's appropriate because just like movies sequel songs aren't always the best fucking idea exactly i know of one that i like which one that would be vermilion part two by slipknot oh that is tight that is tight because it's got the same theme as the first one but vermilion part one is very much like traditional Slipknot heavy metalness, and Vermilion Part Two is like acoustic guitar, and it's got the same theme. It kind of continues the story, but it's different enough to where it justifies being made. But like I said, they still fit together, so that works. Okay, you know what? Mine would probably be Confessions Part Two by Usher. It's definitely better than the first one. Oh, yeah, 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 that's a good one. No, you can't play That is a good one. Yeah, that song is really good. I used to love that song. There was another song I know somebody did. And you're like, well, where's the other version of it? And I've never heard it. But I've heard, like, the like the part two. And I'm like, but what's the part one? And I never heard part one. Oh, I know what it is. It's Ignition by R. Kelly. Because it's the remix. Oh, yeah. But I've never heard the original. Right. <laughs> because anytime anybody Man. ever sings that song, it's the remix. And I'm like, That's but true. what's the original? I've never heard it. Don't get me wrong. I've never really sought it out. And I'm sure as fuck not seeking it out now. Right. Yeah, he can go to hell for what he did, but that, that song is tight. Yeah. See, that's what sometimes sucks about this. Like, with all this stuff, and we've talked about it kind of before, but like, R. Kelly's got some bangers out there. Like, yeah, sadly. It, Ignition's a great song. Uh, I Believe I Can Fly from fucking Space Jam's a great song. And I will never listen to those songs again. Right. Because he, yeah, like Justin said, he can go to hell. He's a piece of shit. Fuck him. Like, no excuses. Fuck R. Kelly. And, and, we, and, and we what all makes me mad? It. We all should have known oh, it. Oh, go ahead. That's all I'm saying is we should have known it. With that shit he did with Aaliyah. We should have known. Right. Yeah, it should have yeah. been the, the flag yeah. right there. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going to marry her just so I can, like, you know, emancipate her with her career. And then they do that song, Age is Just a Number. How the fuck did we not know then? I know some people did. But, like, as as a public, as a, as a humanity as a whole, how the fuck did we not catch it then? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It just goes to show how sometimes something can be catchy, and if it's the right person, the right charisma, charisma, man, man, charisma can just make 
so many things seem right. And when it's not there, it can make so many things seem wrong. And ironically, that might that might come into play with this with the talk about this movie, actually, because uh, I got some shit to say. But um, yeah. see, yeah, man, it's it's just amazing how uh, how much of a difference that makes. And what I was going to say is what made me mad is that I, there was a recent post going around on my Facebook and somebody had a picture of R. Kelly, a meme of him. And it was like, if R. Kelly got out and had a free concert, would you go? And I can't tell you how many people were sitting there going, yeah, I would go to his concert. And and it angered me. It angered me. But anyway, just thought I'd say that. No, no, I get it. Your anger is completely justified. Like, and the sad thing is, is you know, due to the nature of what it is and all this other stuff, there's a chance, like, criminally speaking, he may be acquitted and all this other stuff. Oh, really? I mean, I'm just saying, it's a, it's a trial. There's, there's no telling what the fuck will happen. You know? Yeah. There's no telling what will happen. And, you know, he might be acquitted, but it's one of those things where there's so much evidence out there that you're just like, yeah. nah. Like... You couldn't get them on this shit. That doesn't mean that there's not all this other shit. Like, all the shit they couldn't prosecute him for that there was more evidence of. But be, due to time, they could not prosecute him for that shit. I mean, like I said, the Aaliyah song alone is a fucking confessional tape. It is a professionally recorded confession. But they wouldn't be able to try it. Even if Aaliyah was still alive, they couldn't try it now. Yeah, too long in the past. Yeah. But fuck R. Kelly. Who the fuck does that? Like, and I'm talking about, like, what, I mean, exactly. Like, it, I guess it applies both ways. Like, R. Kelly, like, who the fuck does what he did? But then also, like, like Jasmine was saying, who the fuck would say they'd go to that concert? Right. And a lot of it was women. A lot of it was women. Uh-huh. Yeah. Most of the comments were women. Like, yeah, I'd low wow. key go. And all this stuff like that. Man, it's not low-key like, if you're saying on Facebook you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, th- I thought that was funny, too. Or people just posting memes of, you know, a yeah. meme of somebody rocking out like they would go. And, you know, it just... It, Nobody yeah. sees that good for it to be acceptable to go to that concert. Yeah, um, I didn't even find that <laughs> funny. Even if that was like play, even if some of those people were just commenting, kind of playing it for laughs. I don't yeah. know if that's, I, I don't know if I'm ready to joke about that. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know if, I, if I'll ever be ready to joke about something like that. That's just a little much. And but. I mean, honestly, with like, I honestly can't listen to Chris Brown anymore either. To be honest, like, I'm I used right to there love with his you. music. I'm right I there with you. I yeah. can't do it. <laughs> I mean, it's and, just too much. Yeah, and he might have changed by now because you know there hasn't been anything come out recently with it. But like for yeah. so long, there was such a pattern of him doing that type of shit. You know, yeah, like there was all that Rihanna shit. Then he got in, like a fight with his sister or mother and beat the fuck out of them and all this other shit. And you're just like, yeah, no, that's a pattern. Yeah, you can't say it's a once-off incident at that point. Like it's a pattern, and like, and those... then it just makes all of his songs sound like, "Yeah, you're just dumb." Like, yeah. What is this? <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. Can't be going to that shit. But still, who the fuck says they go to R. Kelly concert? 
like even if you're right. secretly still a fan of his music, don't you have the common sense to never like admit that out loud at that point? Mm-hmm. Like, just the common sense to just go, I'm not going to admit that. You know, it's like if you have somebody <laughs> in your family that's like convicted of like a sex crime or something, you know, in your heart of hearts because their family or whatever, you might still unconditionally love them. But like at the same time, it's still <laughs> kind of like all fuck that. that person. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get it. But it's still like, you know, like, say your like dad was like convicted of being a murderer. It'd be understandable that you still love your dad. But like at the same time, they're a fucking Don't murderer. Be, like, selfies with dad, you know, on Facebook yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like I'm it, it's at a certain point you gotta be like, yeah, you know, like they're family, but Fuck them. <laughs> right. Unlike that woman in Bolingbrook who posted bail for fucking R. Kelly. What? I didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right after he, uh, like, they put, like, set bail for him, a woman in Bolingbrook posted bail for him. I think she put up wow. her house as collateral or some shit. Oh, my gosh. Because, yeah, his trial's up in Chicago. So, in anybody that doesn't know, Bolingbrook is a suburb of Chicago. You know it very well. Used to, you know, work there a lot. So, yeah. This woman in Bolingbrook uh, posted bail for him. That's how he got out, because according to him, he had no money and shit. But, anyway, enough talk about this. Because just like Justin, I've got a lot of things to say. And based on Justin's tone, I feel like we're going to have similar things to say. Which is sad. Yeah. Because if anybody has ever listened to this podcast before, you know how amped I was. And let's focus on that word, was. Hmm. Okay. I didn't like it. Let's start this. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we will be, or I guess this episode, I guess it's not necessarily tonight, it depends on when you're listening to this, but this episode, we will be talking about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the movie F9, which for anybody that doesn't know, then why are you listening to this episode? But still, it is the ninth movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. Like I said, we will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with it. We will go spoiler-free, recommendations and scores, and then spoilers with time codes in the description to allow you to bounce around between those three sections if you so need to. And just because I'm curious because of what he said before, Justin, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about this movie? All right, F9, for nine. The Fast and Furious Saga is that the name of the is that the official title name? F nine the Fast and yes, Furious. it is the Fast and Furious okay. Saga. Okay, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess to 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 put it in one sentence, this was a step down for this series, this saga for me. Um, I, I just don't think everything worked here, man. Like I just, uh, I just have so many thoughts on both the negative side and the positive side, but I feel like the more I, I think about it and the more it is resonated just cause I saw it last night. So the more I thought about it today during work and just, and even just the, the little conversation we had about R Kelly and all that before this, the more it's just beginning, I'm beginning to just put more things in the negative column. Like, uh, I just, I just think that, Okay, well, to start off, there are a lot of things here that if you're a fan of this franchise, you're still going to have. You're still going to have some outlandish stunt choreography, some crazy stuff happening with vehicles and cars and stuff like that. And you're still going to get some um, some cool action set pieces. Um I really think that all of that is still in this movie. Um, but I think that just the level of absurdity, though, I do think that they turn it up a notch in this movie. Like, I mean, I mean, absurd things have happened in it all over the, the, the fast franchise. I mean, let, let's not get it twisted. The, the absurd things happen in this franchise all the time. I mean, in the, in the last movie before this, you know, we were all riding on ice and there was a submarine and all this stuff. And so, but, but this movie definitely turns it up a notch with the absurd stuff. But I think in this one, it was to the detriment of it. I I felt like with this one, especially just with the recent ones, I would say like fast five through fast nine. So we'll go those last uh, four movies with this one. I felt like it was the hardest to suspend my disbelief like because there were so many things happening that just some things I laughed and went ha ha okay I'm along for the ride but then there are times where I feel like the movie asked me to be serious and to really invest in what's happening and try to tell me that there are stakes but the way that a lot of these car stunts were done the way that it goes about kind of doing this story it was hard to feel like there were any stakes um, one character kind of jokes about, and I won't ruin the joke in the, in the non-spoiler section, but one character kind of jokes and it's kind of a meta joke about kind of the, these characters and who they are. And he kind of questions like what they are and who they are as a result of all these adventures. And it was kind of fun to see the film poke at itself a little bit, but I don't think that that was enough to really kind of circumvent all the crazy stuff that happens here. And then there were just things in the story that it doesn't bother to explain. I was left with a lot of questions, but I've said this before. They weren't the right questions. They weren't the right things where it's like, okay, well, you know, like how Marvel movies will leave you with some questions, but it's 
but but you're confident that they're going to answer some of those questions. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get any answers to some of the questions that this film left me with. And uh, we'll definitely get into that. So with the lack of explanations for things I really thought I would get an explanation for, with the absurdity kind of turned up to a notch to where I couldn't always just suspend my disbelief. And then the last thing I'll say, there are just certain characters not in this that I really feel like hurt this. And I don't think that this is a spoiler. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Man, The Rock, him not being in this hurt this movie. I, I really think it did. I really think that this movie was missing something without Hobbs, man. Yeah, and Shaw. I really think that it it was missing something without them. I mean, now, I mean, if, if I didn't, one thing that this movie taught me is that it made me, it taught me why The Rock is kind of the number one, like, action movie star. If anything, I learned a valuable lesson from watching this about The Rock, somebody who wasn't even in this. But now I understand, man. I understand why he's the number one guy because I had to sit through and watch a bunch of people who aren't number one guys. And there's a difference. This is like when your star player gets hurt and the team looks completely different. This is like when the quarterback is not out there and you see what the backup quarterback is. This really exploited to me a lot of these people because he was not in this and it really, really hurt this movie. So sometimes you just don't know what you have until it's gone. And man, I, I, I you know, Vin Diesel, man, I, I'm gonna make a plea because I know, of course, you listen to this. This is your favorite um, podcast that you listen to. Man, you need to, y'all need to go somewhere, man. You need to, y'all need to apologize to each other. Y'all need to hug this shit out, man. And you need to get that man back because <laughs> it just wasn't the same without him bro it, it just wasn't the same without him y'all need to patch this up you said dom is supposed to be about family man well you was you were hurting without that family member so yeah that's all i'll say on it for this section anyway yeah so far i have heard no false statements heather what about you yeah, I would have to agree because I think um, I feel like it's just lost its magic of why they're such fun films. I mean, I wasn't really a huge fan of like the first couple of them, but again, and I think we had talked about this previously, the ones after The Rock got there, yeah, it's definitely like way better. <laughs> um And so, you know, five and six were probably my favorite ones and seven. So, you know, it just, I I feel like it's just lost its magic because at this point it it felt like it was trying too hard. Um, Outlandish, ridiculous is kind of what it goes for. And that's part of why you're just like, it's so insane that I love it, right? Like that's kind of the feel from some of the past films. But with this, you're just like, this is just too outrageous for me. <laughs> and it's not, it's not even anything like new or exciting, maybe new, but not really anything exciting 
to bring anything to the table that makes this movie in particular with this franchise stand out. So I agree. I just was, I was very disappointed with this film and how it kind of went down. Um, I do think that the ones with the rock are better. I totally agree. There are a couple of people in this that I'm glad they were in it or returned for it. But overall, um, I just can't say that I love this film. And um, I mean, (laughs) Vin Diesel is not really known for his quality acting, you know, but (laughs) he, in these movies, it just, it usually just works. Like what he does, it works for what these films are, you know? Um, But when they were doing some of the scenes where, you know, it's not really giving anything away, where it was kind of like flashback scenes, I kind of felt like younger Dom was kind of acting circles around Vin Diesel. (laughs) Like, I felt like he was better at being Dom than Dom, you know? Um, And it was kind of unfortunate to feel that way. But I think, um, yeah, there's just, it's overly long for something that doesn't have a lot of, it has a lot of action, but it doesn't have a lot of action that you get excited about, if that makes sense. And so it felt overly long because the action didn't pay off enough for me to be like, what? I need more of this, you know? So that's honestly my thoughts without spoiling anything. Um, it's really just kind of meh, you know, it, it's, it doesn't stand out. It's not by any means on the top tier of the Fast and the Furious movies. Um, so I, I was, I was sorely disappointed with this one. This movie physically hurt me. (laughs) I was so excited for this movie. I absolutely love the direction that the Fast and Furious saga has been going. Starting in five, this would be our, what, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So this is our fifth movie since they really just kind of turned things around. Well, sixth, if you also count Hobbs and Shaw. And this is by far the weakest of the current part of the franchise. Mm. I mean, for all its flaws with Hobbs and Shaw, at least the chemistry and the charisma that Jason Statham and Dwayne The Rock Johnson brought makes up for it. Yeah. You at least get a character dynamic that is right up there with your classic, almost buddy cop type of dynamics. I mean, I think it's up there with the dynamic we got from Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte in 48 Hours. It's up there with Mel Gibson and and, uh, Danny Glover in the Lethal Weapons franchise. You know, some of these iconic cop duo things. It's up there. They have such amazing chemistry. And those characters are so charismatic. And this movie doesn't have them. And you feel it. You feel it. This movie, then also, because this is not a spoiler, because it's in the fucking trailers, this movie brings back Han, who was a great charismatic character he's the only thing i like in fast and the furious tokyo drift and he is a mm-hmm. great part of fast and furious five and six his chemistry with gal gadot was amazing 
But also, he's yeah. just a great character. And they bring him back in this. For what, though? He was a shell of his character. It was yeah. nothing. How do you bring back one of the fan-favorite fucking people from this franchise and make them nothing? I mean, Ludacris was trying his ass off to fill that <laughs> gap. He was probably the most charismatic of he them, if was. I'm being honest. He was the most charismatic fucking person in this movie outside of Helen Mirren. But that's fucking Helen Mirren. She's going to do her right. thing. That's just what she does. She can't help it. That's just who she is. <laughs> but she's in the movie for about one minute and 20 seconds. And Ludacris is trying to fill that gap. And at times he does, but at the same time, his character in these movies can't fill that gap. Tyrese was trying his ass off, which Tyrese is one of my least favorite characters in this franchise. But 100%. he was trying. He was trying his hardest to fill yeah. that gap. I, yeah, he showed. I thought he showed up in this. With, with, or maybe it was just the lacking of everyone else. Exactly. But yeah, I, he stood out to me. Exactly. That's what it was. He stands out in this movie where if it was Statham and The Rock in this movie, he would have stood no chance. Yeah. He would have just true. been the yeah. goofy guy again. But he was the goofy guy turning it up to 11 because he wanted to fill that hole. The only problem is, is the hole is the size of the Pacific Ocean, and this motherfucker is a baby shoe. <laughs> it doesn't fit. <laughs> but you're right. He tried. Him and Ludacris, their dynamic, which they have in all these other movies, is a fun little dynamic, but it works in little gaps. In little gaps, mm -hmm. when The Rock or Jason Statham aren't just charismaing the fuck out of everything, their little <laughs> dynamic fits. Problem is, is there's that hole. And they're just, can't they can't carry fill it. it. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with how ridiculous this movie went. I am 100% for them going to space, which is not a spoiler, because <laughs> that is also in the trailers. I'm 100% for that. I wanted it. I craved it. I knew at some point in this franchise they were going to go to space. I needed them to go to space. I needed it. <laughs> the problem is, is this movie, unfortunately, is the movie equivalent of a charismatic black hole. So when they go to space, you're just still feeling the empty void of gravity sucking in the universe when they're doing this shit. That's the problem, is there's no balance that you get in these other movies. I think if Dwayne The Rock Johnson was in this movie, them going to space would not have felt as fucking crazy and dumb as it did. Because That's not untrue. They had Lucas Black in this movie with Bow Wow. Oh, Lord. It was dumb. Yes. Like, they couldn't... Yeah. That's the problem, is there wasn't that balance. You know? There wasn't that, that, that character-driven like chemistry that balances the ridiculousness. Like the action sequences are ridiculous, but the character development and drama and chemistry is grounded. That's the beautiful balance that these movies have gotten. And this movie doesn't have it. The character chemistry is not there in this. There are little parts of it, but like 
didn't like what Dom and Letty feel like they have like they fucking hate each other. Yeah, it like devolved in chemistry between them. They like they don't have it. I don't even think they like each other in this movie. <laughs> Honestly, they don't like. Yeah, they don't have it at all. <laughs> they the acted, first movie, you're like yes, yeah. but in this, no. This movie, they acted like they got divorced and they're in the middle of a messy custody ballot battle. Yes, they so don't true. like each other. And then Han's in this movie, and Han is nothing. He's a shell. The only thing that he does that reminds you of the old Han is he constantly snacks. That's it. That's like they went, oh, this is the character trait that defines him, so that's what we bring right. to this movie. And it's sad because it's <laughs> Justin Lin. Justin Lin is the one that directed Tokyo Drift, which brought Han into the universe, and he's also the movie that directed... Uh, he's the guy that directed the movie that Han was technically in. That movie you brought up in the Hidden Gems episode, Justin. That uh, something about tomorrow or something like that. What's it called? Yeah, Better Luck Tomorrow. Yes, which is technically retroactively a part of the Fast and Furious franchise, according to Justin Lin, because of Han. Yeah. Um, huh. Yes. But so that guy, it's the same fucking director. The guy that did that movie with Han and then brought Han into this universe, he fucking failed at real fully realizing Han. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then you have John Cena, who as a wrestler was probably one of the most charismatic wrestlers in the history of ever. He's up there. Yeah. And what the fuck was he? I was super stoked at him being a villain in this fucking movie. And at worst, he was just a misunderstood, inconvenient guy. He was not a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And then he wasn't fun, John Cena. It was this brooding, um, yeah. angry most of the time. I'm serious most of the time. But that's not fun, John Cena. That That's not where... He thrives. So they took him out of his element. And I was so upset about that. You know? Well, think about if we had gotten the same thing as babyface John Cena. Charismatic as fuck. Everybody loves him. But he's legitimately doing and saying bad things with the same attitude, though. Yeah. Then he was the villain, but the fun, you know, charming John Cena. It would have absolutely worked. Yeah. Like, have him yeah. smiling while he's talking about how he's going to fucking murder somebody. So he's, like, charismatic and there and, and bringing that energy. He had none of it. And I don't blame him for that. I think he acted the role he was given. Yeah. Because yeah. to me, that's how it I is felt. incredibly obvious that when they wrote this movie, because Fast and the Furious 10 and 11 are the last ones we're getting. I think they're very much going to Deathly Hollows it. They're going to film them both at the same time. Just one long shoot. Bam, we're ending the franchise. And they knew they were going to do that going into this movie. And this was just a fucking filler episode. Mm. This was just something Mm -hmm. to get in there so they could go all out for the last two. That's it. Yeah, And it 100% feels like it from beginning to end. The most exciting thing in this movie is the sequence that happens during the fucking credits. And that is sad. Because also, (laughs) this movie has no action set pieces that are not spoiled in the fucking trailers. No, that's true. The fucking car swinging from the rope, in the trailer. Han coming back, in the trailer. 
fucking John Cena being Dom's brother in the trailer. Them going to space yep. in the trailer. Them using magnets to throw cars around and shit in the trailer. Them putting themselves in front of the big fucking tank beast thing to flip it over in the trailer. There's not a goddamn thing worth a damn in this movie that is not in the trailers. Mm, I think it's true. impossible to spoil this movie if you've seen a trailer. Because it's all in there. That's a really good point. Like, also, they wasted the a Charlize Theron. I just want to say that. And also, can you give this woman a fucking normal haircut? Dear God. <laughs> can Charlize Theron just have normal ass fucking hair that looks somewhat decent? Like, can she not have a haircut that looks like a kindergartner with their fucking hands glued to safety scissors giving her a haircut? What and she's fuck? so beautiful. Like, what are they doing? Oh, she if anybody's pulling it, it off, if anybody's most. pulling it off, it's still her. Yeah, don't get sure. me wrong, but just uh, don't put a wig on her. How about that? Just don't put a wig on her. Fuck it, shave her head, Furiosa style. It's still way better. She can fucking do it. She can rock it. <laughs> Fuck, go back to the Aeon Flux fucking haircut if you're going to do something that you want it to not be normal. It still looks infinitely better than the fucking garbage we got. Her hair looked like Jim Carrey's hair from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> No, it did. She had a fucking Mr. Spock haircut. (laughs) But like, that's the problem with this movie is it's, it's just 100% and utterly and completely like underrealized. Like, I know that the directors and people have no control over what goes in a trailer, but dear God, every single thing in this movie was spoiled. And also, I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say it's the ninth movie of a franchise that has had cars fight a fucking submarine on ice. You know what? We don't need flashbacks at this point. Just say Dom doesn't talk to his brother because he thought that his brother killed the dad. Bam. Done. I don't need (laughs) 9,000 fucking flashbacks of them realizing all this shit. It's the ninth goddamn movie. Fuck it. Just say he's the brother. I don't need a backstory on that. Just say he's the brother and he's the bad guy. This franchise can live with that. Cars fought a submarine. Don't need backstory that much. (laughs) I'm throwing that out there. So essentially this movie took itself too seriously is what you're saying. Weirdly enough, yeah. As much as you guys were talking about how ridiculous it went, I think it was too serious. It was a weird thing that it was both. I've never seen that really in many movies, but I think it was both. Well, and that like hampers it. was it. outrageous, but also took itself too seriously. And yeah. I think this thing is, like I said, it has, it does not have the balance that these other ones had. It doesn't have it. And also, mm-hmm. whoever the fuck was playing young John Cena in this movie, never act again. Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Just give up. Or take acting classes. Take your fucking life seriously. Dear God, what the fuck was that? But am I wrong that the young Dom was good? I think he was good. You know what? I'm going to say, yeah, you're wrong, just because I didn't fucking need young Dom and all that bullshit. (laughs) Every time it went black and white flashback was the most goddamn agonizing thing I've ever experienced in my fucking life. And the fact that it was black and white every time. It was just all black and white, black and white, black and white, black and white. Fuck off. God, it was so fucking annoying. 
I mean, honestly, though, like, Charlize Theron and Han and John Cena are probably the three best performances in this movie. And that's sad to say because they wasted Charlize. But honestly, if we're talking performance-wise, they're probably the best ones. No, I'm going to say Han wasn't. I'm going to say Han wasn't. I'm going to say Tyrese and Chris Bridges were better than Han. And that is a sentence that should have never been said in the history of humanity. (laughs) Because in no universe should any of these characters, any of the ones that at least appeared in this movie outside of Helen Mirren, should ever be better than, than fucking Han. And you know what, like, I, I'm i not saying he was Han-like. I agree. I do think that they, he was a shell of that character. But I do think that as far as, like, he he also had a little bit of a brooding thing about him that you could just, like, it, it almost seemed like he was trying to be, like, Han who lived a crazy life and he's worn down from life at this point. I get that. I can accept that. I could, it's too. It's not the Han you want. But it's still better than most of the other characters and character development that we get. But at the same time, even with that, he's still on the screen for maybe six minutes. Like, that's the flip side of it all. Like, to put this in a classic Sterling food analogy, original Han is like Coca-Cola. It's classic. It's great. Very refreshing. People love it. (laughs) They know what they want. This version of Han was the Shasta Cola version of it. But not even the normal Shasta Cola. This was the diet Shasta Cola of Han. Like, in name only, is it a cola? Which kind of technically makes it an alternative to Coke. It's a cola. But other than that, it's never what anybody wants. No one in the history of humanity has ever gone, you know what I need right now? A Shasta Cola. Let alone, let alone a diet Shasta Cola. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a pretty good one. I like that one. I mean, it's just like, what the fuck were they doing? Like, don't get me wrong. It was kind of cool that Cardi B just randomly shows up in this movie. And this is, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but why was Cardi B given literally the same amount of screen time as Helen Mirren? True. I don't understand i just don't get it let's fucking move you see what i do i got my crew over here you see what i do i got my crew (laughs) that was a pretty good impression (laughs) i'll be honest i mean typically i don't have a problem understanding cardi b but i did not understand any of the words she said in this movie i just yeah i don't know it's just this movie I don't know how I could have been any more let down than I was. Everything that I have grown to love in this franchise was just gone. As much as I was talking about how Han was a shell of his character in this movie, this movie is a shell of a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. This movie mm-hmm. is right up there with Fast and the Furious 2 and 4. Which... I'll say this. The end of Fast and the Furious 4 is delightful. Because that's whenever they finally accepted, Nas, we going to be ridiculous. And this movie went, we're going to be ridiculous, but we're going to ruin everything else. <laughs> like, now I don't even know what they're going to do in the next movie. 
Because like I was like bound and determined they're going to end up in space. And then they blew their space load in this fucking fiery garbage fest of a shit town movie. <laughs> I'm like... We're veering into spoiler territory now. You're right, you're right, 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 right. All right, recommendation scores. <laughs> Wrong sound. Recommendations and score. <laughs> Heather, go. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, the thing is, I want to say if you've seen all the others, you should see this. But it's hard to even say that because you're not really going to get your quintessential Fast and Furious movie out of this. Um, I don't really, I can't say that I recommend it necessarily, even if you like these movies. Um, the same way I would never recommend Tokyo Drift, like, except, you know, there's, yeah, Han is the only good thing about it, but I, it's, it's not magic. It's not super fun. It's ridiculous, but not in the fun way that you want it to be with these types of movies. It's devolved in a lot of ways where you feel like at this point, these movies have run their course, which is sad because there was so much potential, like Sterling talked about earlier. There was potential for this to be such a good movie in this franchise with all the people they brought on board and brought back. Um, and it just did not live up to what it really could have been and what I really hoped it would be. Especially, I mean, with theaters reopening, things like that. Like, you want these movies that you're like, it is totally worth it to go see these in theaters and you're excited. You want to be out and seeing it and be like, oh, I'm going to see this really fun movie now that theaters are open again. And it really just was not worth the wait that they had it be for getting this movie out. But, um, so yeah, no, I don't, I don't recommend it. Um, I'm going to have to give this, Ooh, um, probably going to have to give this 40 Letty's falling on top of Dom's car just perfectly with no scratch and no dent in the car out of a hundred. What was the number you said? 40. 40. Okay. Uh, Justin, go. Yeah. I mean, man, I just feel like with a lot of people that watch this, um, especially like a lot of those diehard fans though i mean we're we're talking to one because sterling is a diehard fan and he doesn't feel this way but i feel like a lot of people are going to come out and this is going to get the mortal Kombat treatment like people are going to look past i think the obvious things that are wrong with this and like the obvious kind of decline in quality and they're going to be like, man, it, it, it had what I wanted. It had stupid stunts and it was crazy and it was ridiculous and that's what I pay for. And I know that there are going to probably be a lot of fan reactions like that, but I just don't fall in, into that category. I think that, of course, if you, if you've seen the other Fast and Furious movies, I mean, and then you go, you, we've got two other ones coming up. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to convince you to skip this. But what I can say is that you should see it in the cheapest way possible. I spent money and solve this at the movie theater. I, I don't recommend you do that. You know, whatever the, um, you, you know, the, the cheapest way to see this is whether that's streaming it somehow later or something like that. And I don't mean like 
pirated or anything, but you know, I'm not suggesting you do that, but I'm just saying that I don't know if this is one where you just absolutely, or or I'm saying it's not one where you absolutely have to just jump out of your chair and spend top dollar to see this. You can wait. You know, you can wait till the, it's, you know, you can wait and go see a matinee. You can wait and, um, until it's out on TV, which it might be a while. That might be a long wait. But honestly, I mean, I don't think that it hurts you to, not see this in movie theaters or not rush to see this because it's kind of like what Sterling said. It is a shell of some of the previous installments that we had. And a lot of it is, it does just feel like filler to get to the next one, which I hope is better than this one. And I don't know how it couldn't be. I mean, maybe if you don't have to explain John Cena, we can have a fun John Cena. Maybe if we don't have to explain why Han is back, maybe we can get back to Han just being Han. You know, maybe um, a, a lot of the things that they did well in the previous installments they can get back to doing in the next installment so i hope that this is more of an age of ultron movie than it is like uh indiana jones kingdom of crystal skull movie where it's just like oh man you know the writing's on the wall and this shit is over you know i hope it's more like an ultron where it was overstuffed it just had so much going on because it had to bridge the gap and then things got better for the marvel movies after that in that next phase i'm hoping it's more like that but only time will tell uh, really what this is. But no, I, I don't think that this is anything you have to see right away. Yeah, you're going to watch it. And hell, the movie already had, I think, the most successful opening for a movie since the pandemic. So there is that. You know, they're, 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 the Vin Diesel's laughing to the bank, regardless of how... Uh, dipped in quality that this is people still like these movies people still want to see them and it's a blockbuster film so it's it's gonna have its fan base despite the dip in quality but honestly like i said see it the cheapest way possible and i can't recommend it as a good film that it is not uh as far as the score um yeah i'm gonna go with 42 um, letters that I'm probably going to personally write to dip to Vin Diesel to please beg the rock to come back to this franchise out of a hundred. <laughs> so one reason why the rock wasn't in this movie isn't all about that feud. Some of it has to do with the fact of they were trying to just spin off into Hobbs and Shaw. So the plan was to do Hobbs and Shaw and not have them in this movie, and then they would be back later. So, I don't think we have to worry about that too much. The Rock is supposed to be in 10 and 11. So, that's good. Because, damn. They need it. Uh, So, with this also, do I recommend this movie? No. I don't care how much you love this franchise. I do not recommend this movie. Just like Justin said, you can wait. I think you should wait until you can rent it from your local blockbuster. 
And not a moment sooner than that. (laughs) There is one blockbuster open in the world. So when this movie comes out on Blu-ray, you can travel there to do it. As long as you are within walking distance of it. Don't waste gas doing it. I mean, I guess if you can bike ride to it, that's fine. But don't waste gas. Don't do anything else. That's when you watch this movie. When you can go rent it at Blockbuster. Outside of that, nah, skip it. Just know... uh, John Cena's the brother, Han's back alive. Those are the only plot points you really need leading into this next movie. That's it. You don't really need anything else. That is it. So with that knowledge, you're ready to see Fast and Furious 10 and never watch this fucking movie. Your (laughs) life will be better for it. You know, maybe I recommend watching this if you hate the Fast and the Furious franchise. Because all this is going to do is make you re-justify why you hate the franchise. Because there are so many people out there that hate it because it's so ridiculous. Even though they don't watch any of it. They've just, you know, seen clips or seen a trailer here and there. And they're like, man, Cars fought a submarine. That's dumb. No, it's not. It's amazing. Cars fighting submarines is amazing. But this movie brings nothing like that. So if you already hate this franchise because you think it's dumb and ridiculous, I guess watch this because you're just going to get re-justified in your thought with it and not see any of the cool ridiculous shit they did. And that sucks that that, this movie exists. Nine movie into a franchise. I thought that they had figured out the formula. Why are they trying to reinvent shit now? You're nine movies deep. Why are you reinventing shit? Why are you trying to change the formula? Why are you trying to intentionally do the things that make this franchise great and not do them? It makes no damn sense. You, I I don't know. I give this movie like an eight. No, fuck it. I give it a nine. Let's just give it a nine. I give it nine Fast and Furious movies out of a hundred. Because that's all it is. It's just the ninth one in the franchise. No more, no less. It just exists as the ninth one. <laughs> and that's it. Spoilers? Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. I don't even know what to fucking say anymore. I really already said a lot of it. And I and I don't apologize if I did spoil anything. Because like I said, it's in all the trailers. I don't really think I spoiled a damn thing. It spoiled itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the trailers. Everything is in the trailers for this movie. I don't feel bad. If I did spoil something, I don't. Because, like I said, if you watch the trailer, you've seen every fucking plot point in this movie. It's just utterly fucking put together in the stupidest way. I mean, I guess one thing I haven't spoiled yet is... uh, The one thing I kind of liked in this movie, and it would have, I think, been more effective if this was a better movie, was that like existential crisis that Tyrese's character was having... On whether or not they're unknowingly superheroes. (laughs) Yeah. It would have worked better in a better movie. Because, dude, think about it. You could have had him saying something like that to Hobbs and or Shaw. And then, like, they would have just punched him in the arm. And he would have been like, ow. And he'd go, yeah, you're not that super. That would have been great. That would have been a fucking hilarious-ass joke. Yeah. But no, you don't get that in this movie. But, like... It was one of those things where it weirdly fit in this franchise just for the sheer fact of, like, in a lot of ways, he was kind of bringing up, like, the truth. Like, 
with all the crazy ass shit they've been through, how have none of them been seriously hurt? Outside of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character getting his arm broke by Shaw when he flew out of like the tenth story like roof onto a car or like tenth story window onto a car and broke his arm only. Like that's the most serious damage any of these characters have gotten since like Gal Gadot died. Like, so his theory kind of like fits in all this other stuff. And like I liked how it was kind of a motivational thing at the end. It kind of fit for the theme of some of these scenes with him and stuff. As ridiculous as that scene was, where he's standing in that temple or whatever, and everybody lines up around him and shoots him, and nobody kills him. And he's got all these bullets (laughs) in his bulletproof vest. That was the dumbest goddamn scene I've ever seen in my life. But at the same time, at the same time, was that not one of the most joyous scenes in this movie? Like, when it comes, like, when the scene happens, you're like, fuck, this is dumb. But then when the movie ends, you're just like, that was the only scene of joy I had in this movie. Like, that's it. These movies are supposed to be a ridiculous, like, joy ride. No pun intended. They're supposed to be fun like that. That ended up being the funnest fucking scene in a movie. And it sucks that you don't feel that during the scene. You feel it at the end of the movie when you retroactively look back at the rest of the movie and go... Nah, it peaked at that scene. That sucks. In any other Fast and Furious movie, that would have been a dumb scene. In this movie, it's one of the best. And I will argue that with anybody. Because that is the only time in this movie I thought anybody had any fun making it. Outside of, I guess, Vin Diesel, when he was kind of like flirting with Helen Mirren, I get it. That was probably the only other like realistic scene in this movie. Because who the fuck wouldn't be around Helen Mirren and want to flirt with her? I get it. Like, those are the only authentically fun scenes in this movie. And they maybe take up a total of two minutes of screen time in a movie that's, what, two hours and 24 minutes? Two minutes of it was joyful. And that sucks. Like... I just, I don't know what the fuck was going on with this movie at all. I really don't. Like, why the fuck did John Cena drive away at the end of the movie? What need did he have to drive away? Like, people might come to try to, like, kill them. Wouldn't they also try to kill Dom and them also? Like, what is Cypher going to do? Just go after John Cena's character? No! She's going to go after all of them. Why not all just stay together? Why the fuck didn't John Cena... Go to family dinner. There's no reason why he drove away. Everything was fine. Relationship was patched. Why did he drive away? No fucking idea. Other than they want him to like come back in the next movie and make a dramatic entrance. That's all it is. He's going to like show up like three quarters of the way through Fast and Furious 10 at a critical moment. All because he drove away in this. That's it. That's the only fucking reason why they did it. Also, I didn't think about this till I heard another podcast b- b- bring it up. And I'm 100% going to give them credit. It's the Weekly Planet podcast. When they talked about this movie, I didn't think about it. When they brought this up, I have not stopped thinking about it. Why is their little kid, why is Vin Diesel's little kid named Brian when Brian is still alive in this universe? It makes no damn sense. Yeah. Hmm. You don't typically name somebody after your brother-in-law, even if he's your best friend. And they're still alive. I would get it 
Like, we know in real life Paul Walker's deceased. I understand that. But apparently also, Brian shows up at the end of this movie. Now, I know we don't see him outside of the car. It's just the car. But still, it's weird. It makes no sense. And if anything, I know these movies don't always make sense, but like, that makes the least amount of sense to me of anything. Like, I will accept a Pontiac Fiero going into space before I will accept that child's name being Brian. (laughs) And like, I wonder if that, I mean, I get it in this universe, it doesn't make sense, but I know, I, I just have a feeling because of Vin Diesel, like in real life, naming his kids after Paul Walker. I wonder if it was just like, I got to put that personal touch in there. But yeah, in this universe, I get it. It doesn't make sense. I just, I feel, I have a feeling that's why he did it. Then you named the kid Paul or Walker. Yeah, there you go. That's true. You should do that. Yeah. You know. Because I remember when they said the name of the kid, right? And one of them, and there's just like, yeah, I I don't remember what he said, but he was just kind of basically like, yeah, I want to name him after someone important. I don't know what, if he said anything, but I remember the scene. Yeah, that was um, in eight, it was in Fate of the Furious is when the kid happens. Yeah. Because he finds out yeah. about the kid in eight because Cypher has the mom and the kid. Right. You know. But it's just one of those things. It like in universe, it makes no damn sense. Like I get it outside of the universe. You know, from the outside looking in, I get why the character's named Brian because of Paul Walker. But in the universe, Brian's still alive. He's just not there. So it's weird, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. So like I said, that's when you name the kid Paul or Walker and just be like, oh, I named him after the guy that taught me what I know about cars or, you know, he was my dad's best friend and me and him are the ones that worked on my dad's car or something. And just say that. It would have made sense. It would have been a nice little tribute. In this, it just feels weird. And like... What was the point of that other character? That guy that was like the billionaire dictator's son? Like, ultimately, what was the point of him? Like, just to be the guy that lit Cypher out? You know? That was it. That was the whole point of his character, was to just lit Cypher out. Like, just no sense. Like, I just, I don't know what the fuck was going on. Like, I just don't understand it. Like, I don't understand why 50% of this movie was dedicated to just re-showing over and over again of Dom's dad dying and him going to jail and blaming his brother and all this other shit. Like, what was the point of any of that? And also, was it not one of the dumbest things in the world when they showed everybody as a kid? Like, they all looked (laughs) weird. And then, like, there was that one guy, I don't remember his name, but he was in the first Fast and Furious movie, and he was also in Fast Five, where he was the guy with the beard that was a part of their team, and then he helped him out in Brazil, and then they had the kid version of him, and I just thought he looked oh, like yeah. he looked like the Muppet va- Babies version of that character. Like, it was awkward. <laughs> yeah, that guy, I think his name's Charlie Weber in real life, yeah, but, but yeah, he, I remember him. It was just dumb. And then also, why the fuck are you bringing back Lucas Black and Bow Wow in this movie? Like, come on. Oh my gosh. So many issues with that. Come on. Like, Lu- 
Lucas Black in this movie because of how they ended up doing the whole franchise and bringing Han back into like the sequels, even though he had died in three and all this other stuff and making those prequels, it retroactively changed when Fast and the Furious was based in the timeline. So originally Fast and the Furious 3 was technically supposed to be out in 2006, or that's when the movie takes place is the year it came out. But then due to them doing the whole like going back in time so they could have Han in some of the other movies, they retroactively make it to where that movie technically now takes place in 2013, right? So I say right like you guys would confirm or deny that. That's what it is. <laughs> and so that movie takes place in 2013. So you're arguing that Shane Bird to Lucas Black's character in that movie was 17 at the time in 2013. So that would mean eight years later, he'd be 25 in real life. When in real, like, or 25 now, chronologically speaking, in the movies. Even though when Lucas Black was in Fast and the Furious 3, he was actually 25 playing a 17-year-old. So now (laughs) he looks like a 52-year-old playing a (laughs) 25-year-old. That motherfucker looks old. He looked rough, man. He did. Like, I know he was on NCIS Los New Orleans, but he looks rough. Yeah. Like, I'm usually, like, a fan of, you know, like, facial hair, beard, stuff like that. It does not work for him. It really just doesn't. It makes him look, yeah, really rough. (laughs) And I get somebody losing their hair. No one's going to get that more than me. I'm definitely a victim of male pattern baldness. I am. I shave my head, though, so it's not as bad. Like, I shave my head, therefore, I make myself more bald than I technically naturally am at this point. That motherfucker is clinging on to what little hair he has more than Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that motherfucker looks like the type of guy that has, like, long hair coming out of the back of a trucker hat and then he takes the trucker half (laughs) out and it's just this pale unsuntanned bald spot like right on the top of his head like the motherfucker looks like friar tuck but he's got long hair on the sides and back because he just won't (laughs) acknowledge that he's losing his hair that motherfucker looks like he's doing that and just combs it all forward but it's not long enough to like really go forward enough to where he looks like he's doing a weird mini version of the Charlize Theron in this movie, which is the Jim Carrey Spock haircut. <laughs> it just it made it... No, no, no. It just shouldn't have happened. Like, introduce somebody new. Fuck, have Cardi B be the one that designs the rocket car. I would have infinitely preferred that over Lucas Black showing up in this movie again. <laughs> and then now he's part of, like, Me Familia. He was at the dinner, mm-hmm. which means Lucas Black is going to be back in the next one now, and that sucks. <laughs> We're going to get the Rock back. We're, like honestly, I feel like the one thing that might counteract the Rock being in the next one might be Lucas Black being in it too. That's how little I like that man. Nothing against him. He was just in a shitty movie, and I, I'm not going to let him uh, forget it. I mean, and even that, like, reunion between him and Han was so underwhelming, it was insane. Yeah, because supposedly he saw Han die. 
And now he's just like, meh, you're back. Cool, I guess. Whatevs. It's like he was trying to play it too cool, like he's got a crush on Han, but he didn't want to let him know, so he's going to play it really super cool. He was like, oh, Han, <laughs> you're, you're back. That's cool, man. I guess. Whatevs. Like, what the fuck? Man. There's one other thing I was going to bring up, and I just don't remember, because I just don't care. Ugh. Roughness. Uh, Heather, go. I mean, I feel like we covered most of the things, really. Um, I was going to specifically mention that Lucas Black and Bow Wow in this, like, was unnecessary and really just dumb. Like, their whole part made no sense. They, I mean, in general, that movie, Tokyo Drift is so terrible. The acting is terrible. Like, you know, and it's like they also try to have that dynamic that like Tyrese and uh, Ludacris have, and it just doesn't work. It barely works and only works sometimes with Ludacris and Tyrese. <laughs> like you were saying, like if they had like the offsetting of, you know, the rock and state them in there, it would work better. But it's just. I feel like everybody who tried to have that like funny dynamic like that wasn't actually funny mostly except for Ludacris. He actually was funny. Tyrese tried, but I think he tried too hard to be funny in a lot of parts and it was very off-putting for his character. And I think that's why in this movie he wasn't really one of my favorites. Like I just found him more like he was trying too hard, you know, like I don't know. But um I mean, even the um, the girl who played Ramsey, though, the one from Game of Thrones, I didn't mind her character. I mean, you know, I'm not saying she stood out or she was, like, the best character or anything, but I didn't mind her character. I kind of like having her in the mix, you know, but um, she was also kind of underutilized. I mean, she had a lot of play in the movie but i just feel like she definitely also could have been used in a better way than she was like most people in this movie that have talent they could have been used in a better way um and i just feel like they gave so much screen time to either the characters or the actors who are just the worst (laughs) like i am not a jordana brewster fan i'll be honest like mia is not my favorite i don't really even care for her character in the franchise that much um so for me i just feel like they're focusing on these characters because they want to bring everybody back and be like oh it's a reunion of everybody and it just they don't like lay it out well they don't flesh out the characters well enough in this movie for it to feel like it means anything um and then it's just so bonkers like the whole (laughs) space thing like i get it you know you expect it you know it's gonna happen and you're you're thinking ridiculous things. So obviously that's going to happen. But just so absurd. Like just insane. The fact that Lucas Black and this guy just randomly were like, yeah, I mean, why not? We can try the space thing. Like as if that was just how that works. Like, <laughs> And then they're like, you know, just not even prepared at all. They're like, oh, hopefully we don't die in these really old suits. We're about to go to space. Just so nonchalant about the fact that they've never been to space and they could very easily die with one <laughs> wrong move. Like they were just so like dumb about the whole thing. Like they 
they could have played that better too. Like maybe even doing that in like a, almost like an independence day type of thing, you know, like when Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are trying to like, they're going in the spaceship and they're going into space and all that. That was a cool way to do that kind of thing. This was just utter ridiculousness, (laughs) like more so than what you expect it's going to be already. I'm just like, you guys are insane in this part right now. This is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in a Fast and Furious movie. And that's saying a lot. But it just bothered me. I don't know. I just, I get the idea and like, it could be fun. Like you said, Sterling, you're like, I was waiting for it. But man, they really could have done the in space thing better than they did. Um, But, and then I actually do, um, with the whole having Paul Walker's character kind of come in at the end, you know, you don't see him or anything, but you know what? I kind of, I don't actually mind when they do that kind of thing with this, just because I get why they're doing it. And, um, I think it's kind of cool. Like that in this universe and in this world, he is very much still alive in such a huge part of their lives. And they want to honor that in this franchise. And I actually really think it's, you know, kind of a cool thing that they want to do that. Not saying it's not weird, like you said, like when he just kind of drives up at the end and everything, but you know, I don't mind it. I think it was kind of a cool nod. I think it was, I I don't really necessarily think they're going to do anything with that in the future ones, other than probably just like, you know, mention him in it like they do in all the other ones now. But um, I kind of think it's cool. Like, I just like that they want to keep him alive in this universe and that they didn't you know, they didn't want to do something where it was like, oh, he he died in the movies because he died in real life. I like that they want to honor him in that way. So that doesn't really bother me that much. Um, but now that you mentioned it with the the son's name being Brian, you're right. <laughs> that is super weird. Like, I, I have not stopped thinking about that since we talked about it a minute ago. And I'm like, that makes no sense. You're right. <laughs> like, I didn't even think of it that way before because in our minds, we know you know, why they did it and just our, our feelings outside of this universe. You're like, Oh, that's cool. But then you're like, wait, but it doesn't make sense for the actual universe that they're in to do that. (laughs) So yeah, I agree with that. But, um, and then it just drove me nuts to no end. Just the terrible chemistry between Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez. Like it was awful. And I'm not a huge Michelle Rodriguez fan necessarily in this franchise either she's all right but man like she was almost like you almost felt like her whole vibe in the movie was she didn't even want to be in it (laughs) that's kind of what I felt like I don't know I mean and just they I mean they were just hardcore chemistry like they were that love story that you're like man we're you know you're my ride or die like that kind of whole vibe that they have with their relationship and just suddenly in this, you're right. Like the way you described it, Sterling, is so perfect. Where it feels like it's, you know, a, a divorce couple, <laughs> like just trying to be courteous towards each other and civil. Like it was, they didn't kiss once in this movie. You know, they barely touched each other in this movie. You know, it was just super weird. And it really felt like off screen, they clearly just don't like each other or something. And it almost felt like she didn't even really want to be in this movie. Honestly, she was just kind of there doing the things she was supposed to do and just kind of peace out, you know, like it just, she, she felt out of place in this more than normal because 
you just felt like she didn't even really want to be there. <laughs> and it kind of takes you out of her character in this, in this franchise. Um, and honestly, that really was one of my biggest issues with this movie. I'm like, who are these people? Like, <laughs> this is not the same couple that you're rooting for throughout the rest of this movie. You know, it's very strange. So that bothered me, but yeah, I just feel like we, yeah, certainly just so many of the things you brought up were, were issues that I also had with it. Yeah. Like the whole <laughs> Tyrese with that vest on just taking on all of those people and just completely fine, you know, totally normal. Like <laughs> it was just so insane. Um, and then, yeah, just like, so they, you're, and I think Jason, you said it best too at the beginning when you're like, you know, their ridiculous level was upped too much to where it was a detriment to them because it just, it takes you out of the movie. It takes you out of this world because of how over the top they are on top of the lack of that magnetic dynamic of people that you want in this movie. So it's, it's a rough one. And it's, it's just not even, I, I feel like it's not even a piece together as well as it could be. And the, yeah, the flashbacks were fine up until when he's like in the water and he's, and you know, he's having his life flash before his eyes. That whole thing was <laughs> unnecessary. That was completely unnecessary and out of place, you know, um, could have saved ourselves like eight minutes of our lives, not needing to see that. Um, you know, it just kind of, it takes away the effect of what you want those scenes to do because of how they did it in this movie. Again, a lot of this could be just exposition, you know, just like tell us what's happening or tell us like with, you know, his brother, like, yeah, that's my brother. We don't get along. I think he killed my dad. Like, saves so much time, at least 15 minutes of this movie. <laughs> and then with this, it's just like, yeah, I, I feel guilty. I wish I could have done more to save my dad. And my dad had problems. Like, some of it in this franchise, you can just say what's happening. They're not strangers to doing that. So I don't know why in this one. And this was the longest movie of this franchise of movies. This was clocks in at like two hours and 24 minutes, I believe. It's the longest one in this franchise, and it felt like it. Like, if it were a better movie, it wouldn't have felt that long, but it felt long because nothing stood out. It was, it started to become very routine. And again, you see all of the big parts and all the big things they do in the trailer. So you're not sitting there like, I mean, in, for a while, I was like, okay, what kind of cool thing are they going to do that we haven't seen? And then you start to realize, oh, like, nothing new. <laughs> we've seen it in the trailer or we've seen something similar in previous movies. So it's just really going to be lost in the mix of this whole franchise of other movies because it's really just not good. Like of the ones that have been sort of like when they started rebooting it with the, the rock and the fast five and on, I agree with Sterling. I think this is absolutely without a doubt the worst one. And yeah, it might be, it might be up there with, you know, one of the worst of all of them, honestly, not quite, but almost. So yeah, I, I completely agree with both of you and your issues you have because they're the exact same issues I had with this movie. 
All right, Justin, go. Well, for me, I just think that really a lot of the problems that I had were just, um, I, I think a lot of it just comes back to writing and script. Like, I just, I, like, even some of the dialogue I thought was really just kind of corny, like, uh, you know, hey, yes. little Brian, you know, you're going to say the prayer. Well, what do I say? Just say what's in your heart. Um, I just, uh, you know, there were things like that where I was just like, who wrote this? And then I kind of found out that this movie did have a different writer. You know, this movie was written by a guy named... Daniel Casey and you know it it wasn't like I was always keeping up with the writers of these movies but then I found out that this Daniel guy was a change from who was writing the the like the last four movies um Chris Morgan so there was a change in writer to this and I believe that director uh director Lynn, he also, Justin Lynn also helped with the writing on this one too. But perhaps that might be the biggest change or somebody that they need to be begging and calling to come back. Because I just felt like a lot of the dialogue in this really suffered. And I think it sort of spilled over, like the writing of this sort of spilled over into the interactions, even with like the familiar characters. Like, I agree that there was something about Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez that seemed off about this like the Dominic Letty um, chemistry did seem off but I think a lot of that too is just decisions that they have them making right off the bat like whenever this whole scenario is presented to them you know that they're, they're they seem they're in this secluded place they're by themselves and they're just raising little Brian and and everything kind of seems okay and then the moment this scenario comes like oh you know Mr. Nobody is stuck somewhere or he's been captured and we think that Cypher's involved and you know Dom what are we going to do we have to do something about this when this whole scenario is presented Dom is like you know oh I think you know I've changed and I'm a father now and everything like that and Letty is just like yeah I want to go I want to go help and so immediately there was like this there wasn't even a discussion it felt like about that she already just made the opposite decision of him so right away just like to a viewer it's like okay well damn she was like eh, you know i you know yeah i'm a mother now but you know it ain't my kid i'm a, i want to go help mr nobody like it was just kind of weird that she just jumped to that and there wasn't and then they had a conversation afterwards but it felt like the wrong time for the conversation and then she was just like this is not who we are you know this this, this is not who we are and you know i need the thrills and stuff like that and later she kind of explains herself to another character but i don't know i just thought that that whole thing was kind of weird how she just immediately was like yeah i'm gonna go and don was kind of reluctant then you know the next scene he just shows up and they're both going on the plane to go to this foreign country to try to find um mr nobody and everything but 
the sense of stakes, you just never really felt them. Not just because everything was so silly and over the top, but I just think that you never got the feeling that Brian was a worry except for that like opening scene. Like it never felt like Vin Diesel was like, oh man, the decisions I'm making might affect the fact that I'm a father. Like you didn't really get that sense. It was like at fr- the during the scene they tried, but that was like a two minute scene. Then after that, we just forget about little Brian until it's time for the scene at the end where we're at the racetrack and he's explaining something to him. But you never felt like there was this constant fear from Vin Diesel. Like, man, I'm a father now. What I'm doing affects him. I never felt like that. And I just felt like in a better written movie, that could have been a dynamic that they could have played with, with Dom a little bit more or Letty a little bit more. You know, we're parents now. Normally that dynamic changes the characters in some way. I didn't feel like it changed them. You know, I just didn't feel like it was significant enough to, to change them. So the, and I think that that a lot of that has to do with writing. And there were just a lot of things like that characters making decisions, you know, like Dom is so big on family. So, and he's always been about that. That has been like a consistency with that character. You know, I'm all about family and family comes first and this, that, and the other. So it's hard for me to wrap my head around him not mentioning a brother all this time. You you know, it just feels like that's even a, that's a stretch for that character because he's so, yeah, (laughs) yeah, because he's so big on that. So this is another thing that just comes down to writing these characters and understanding these characters. Like, is this something that this character would even do? And and then, you know, and then when, and then all the flashbacks sort of revealed to me is that this could have just been handled with a conversation. <laughs> you know, it's just another one of those things where you have this plot point in the movie where you got these two characters at odds. And if they just have a simple conversation, then, then they look at each other differently and a lot of this stuff doesn't have to happen and honestly that's what this kind of felt like like and then just the whole scenario of that just to me just felt dumb like with him and John Cena that whole dynamic like in the flashbacks he's like okay I think I'm pretty sure you killed our dad. So we're going to have a race. And if you win, then everything is cool. You know, you can stay and be my family and everything like that. And I would just ignore the fact that you killed our father. But if I win, then you got to keep driving, you know, run away, Simba, and never return, so to speak. So even (laughs) that was a little weird. Like, even that was hard 
to wrap my head around because it just I, it just felt like it, it it you know like it's one thing when the cars and the space and the magnets defy logic but when characters just start really doing things that defy logic that's when you take me out of the movie when characters start doing things that I'm wondering well I don't really understand why this character is doing this or why these characters are making these decisions when it starts getting illogical to that level that's where you start to lose me and I just found that and it just felt like constantly characters were just sort of doing things also with the John Cena character I didn't understand the hate for Dom necessarily like you knew that he didn't know that information about the dad because the dad told you to keep that from him so you knew that he didn't know the whole story but you hated him you you lost that race fair and square and 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 you know this whole time he could have killed you you know he could have had even more animosity towards you but it was kind of like dom said i showed you mercy i let you drive off and everything like that but i didn't understand the hate for dom was was he mad at dom because dom should have forgave him for something he didn't know like how did this motivate you to become this spy and this person doing all of these things like like i didn't quite buy that correlation Mm -hmm. so you you did all these flashbacks you did all these things and i still didn't understand the motivation of this character Like, even with all of that, I still didn't quite understand how we went from where we were and what happened and the situation with our father, and then how we got to where we were with adult John Cena. I didn't quite think what happened in the past justified where he was now. I didn't really get that i don't think that that was a good enough explanation for me and and then like i said just this brooding john cena i'm about my business and everything like that it was just kind of a downer man like like i just felt like that was just a real underutilization of him and then whenever him and dom were together they didn't really have i think a good chemistry either it definitely wasn't like when hobbs and um dom were at ends and it was the rock and vin diesel and the and the scenes that they had which with each other back and forth and stuff like that it was nothing like that when it was dom and john cena like it just wasn't the same energy it just wasn't the same kind of chemistry so uh, even when they were at odds it just didn't feel the same and then I thought that the fight between Dom and John Cena was so disappointing. Like when they finally fought, it was just a, a punch here, a punch there, a tackle here, and then it was kind of over. That was so like underwhelming to me. And just to make sure like I wasn't tripping, I went back and I watched the fight between Dom and 
and Hobbs, you know, I went back and watched that Rock versus Vin Diesel fight, and it was way better. Like, like it was way better. Like they went back and forth, and there was some like close quarter combat and grabbing the wrist and turning and this, that, and the other, flipping over. They fought on the ground. There was a tackle through a window, and they landed on concrete, and then they did all this stuff. That that just was a way more intense fight than anything like Cena and um, Vin Diesel did in this movie. So even that was kind of disappointing to me. When we finally got to that fight, it just didn't live up to the hype that it needed to. So again, it's kind of like, like we said, just a shell of, um, other movies, just other, in other movies, we've seen these things done better where, uh, there's a character at odds with Dom, but then they kind of wind up seeing, uh, through those differences. Even that didn't feel as epic in this movie as it has in other movies when they've done sort of similar things. And yeah, I agree. That villain, that guy, the, the rich tycoon guy that, that eventually turns on John Cena. Yeah. That was such a weak villain. Like they kept talking about how he was trying to one up his father or get his father to respect him. And, you know, Cena through the line, you know, after we get this thing going and everything, after we get this MacGuffin that can control our computers and everything, your dad is going to be asking you for allowance and all this stuff. So I was expecting there to be some, some sort of scene with him and his dad so that I could understand where this villain's coming from or kind of see why he resents his dad so much and stuff like that. And we just never got that scene. And now he's dead now. So it was like, okay, well, what was really the point of that character? And then... Like, again, just more writing stuff and character motivations. Like, I didn't understand why he turned on John Cena. What reason did John Cena give for this character to turn on him? I didn't understand that because up until that point, John Cena had been pretty successful. Like, he's like there were two parts to this machine. He successfully got both parts of that machine or whatever it was called the hyper nexus or whatever the machine was called that could control all electronic devices john cena successfully got both parts of that machine and even though he got captured john cena by dom later in the film john cena was able to get his team there and then the missing link that they needed to work this machine john cena kind of trapped dom and dom kind of got the parts that John Cena uh, needed to kind of put this machine together and then we found out the girl that Han was protecting was the missing link and John Cena was able to figure that out and get that together too so up until that time it felt like John Cena was really outdoing the fast crew like, like from what I was seeing so it was weird that at that point in the movie this character betrayed him for Cypher I didn't understand that and then they didn't give me enough scenes you know uh, 
besides an argument about Star Wars that, that uh, Charlize Theron and this character had, I didn't even get any scenes to really understand why that character would turn on John Cena. So even that just felt like an illogical decision for the character to make. Like, and there are just, and those are just a few examples, but to me, that happens all over this movie. And like, I, I guess I thought that the magnet gimmick was going to be interesting and cool. And I guess sometimes it was. There was something about these cars be, flying everywhere and them being able to, like... So it, it did make for some interesting action sequences where you had cars flying and flipping and doing all this kind of crazy stuff. But... The magnet was just so selective about what it would attract and what it wouldn't like. You can you can magnetize an entire car to go through a building, but then uh, you know nose and you know nose rings and tongue rings and stuff like that, and just sometimes other people and innocent bystanders and stuff like that. The way that this stuff was just action was missing people and stuff like that, but crashing into buildings and I mean we were just doing so much property damage on the streets and stuff just flying everywhere, and you just felt like there was no regard for civilians. Like, like I know, the, I get that the fast five that these that the fast crew is like ridiculous, and they're about accomplishing their mission. But man, I didn't even feel that there was even a regard for like citizens and stuff. Like there was a scene where like Dom looks left and right and kind of sees that there's nobody in the cars before he starts using the magnet. But dude, there was hell of stuff happening and blowing up and people shooting on the streets and, you know, all this kind of crazy stuff happening. And I never felt like there was a regard for like the innocent human life, you know, just those basic things that heroes should have. I don't even know if it, 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 it just never felt like anything mattered. So it just made all of these action sequences so ineffective. I didn't feel like Dom or, or Letty cared about the fact that they were parents. So it just didn't matter that anything was happening. Like you just never felt like anybody was going to die or anything like that. So, even so, even when a character like Tyrese is going, man, I think we're immortal, man. I think we're like superhuman or something like that. Yes, that's funny, but at the same time, it, you you it, it almost is a detriment to this because you never felt like anybody was going to die. You never felt like anything mattered. I mean, missiles are being shot at Dom in this big tank thing and they just had no effect on that car they just had no effect on anything like I mean he got shot with I mean I mean Charlie Theron must have fired six or seven missiles at that thing and nothing was penetrated it just goes on fire and he's blocking missiles with this tank thing and like 
just nothing seemed to happen. Like there were just no consequences for anything. So it just, so I didn't feel like any of these action sequences had any stakes or any kind of feeling of tension or anything like that. And strangely enough, kind of what y'all talked about, the other movies were a little more balanced. So it felt a little more intense. It felt like the characters were in a little more danger, but man, in this one, I just didn't feel any sense of danger or tension for any of those sequences so it just like it just felt like none of it mattered i was just kind of sitting there watching it but i just didn't it just didn't emote anything from me other than i'm just sitting here watching the next action scene and that's how a lot of stuff felt and then yeah random appearances like by cardi b and stuff like that like it was kind of like okay what even was that that was just so random like he was in the car and then they were there they're like okay dom you're out now and i was like huh like it was just like sometimes stuff just happened and that's what i mean man i go back to this writer who did this and i felt like the writer before this just had such uh he had he had the formula down he grasped that okay i can do some crazy stuff but i still gotta level it out with characters and dialogue and stuff like that and i feel like this writer just totally didn't get that because this script was just off the wall but it was in a bad way and a lot of it was just with character logic and character decisions involved so yeah that's pretty much the biggest thing that stood out about it to me i just could not wrap my head around things characters were doing oh and the han thing like that was the biggest like non-explanation explanation i've ever seen like they were sitting there going okay han we watched you die in this car in that car crash so how did you survive that and then he goes well mr nobody is good at making things seem real or whatever he said and then they showed this footage and still you didn't understand how he made him seem like he was in the car but it blow up like they didn't explain none of that shit they just really just they really just like not explained explain that shit and the sad part is is that i know i'm not gonna get a a better explanation in another movie i know i'm not i know i'm not gonna get anything better than what i got here but yeah that was just such a bs explanation so if you're going to already ruin the han surprise in the trailer which (laughs) definitely was a mistake because like the way this movie is shot and the way the story goes it was like you weren't supposed to know that it was han at first like he's doing mysterious stuff and there's a mysterious sniper and they don't know who it is and all this stuff like it plays off like that was supposed to be a surprise and i'm sitting there going uh we know this like it happened (laughs) in the trailers Yeah, but the way they told that story, like, they really were acting like that was supposed to be a surprise, and it just kind of sucks that it wasn't. Same thing with John Cena and him kind of revealing 
um, not revealing right away that that was his brother and everything. The way it plays off in the movie, we're not supposed to know that until Michelle Rodriguez says it in that moment. But we already knew that because the, 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 the trailer. So like, yeah, man, like even the way that this was written, it was written like these, there were supposed to be these surprises, but there were like zero surprises because of the trailer. So it just, you just scratch your head like, who made the decision to give away all the answers in the trailer? Who made the decision to put Han in the promotional material? And I wonder if this was just again trying to overcompensate for the fact that Hobbs and Shaw were not going to be in this. They were like, man, we gotta tell them Han's in it because then, (laughs) yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we gotta tell them Han is in it because then they won't come see it. We gotta tell you that John Cena is the brother because then you know, you won't get hype about it. It it was like, I wish they had had the confidence not to reveal those things. And I think the movie would have, you know, those parts would have been a lot more effective, you know, if we had just had a different marketing strategy. But anyway, I digress. That's all from me. It's funny too, because what you mentioned, you're right. Like we did not really get a full explanation. And I, I remember thinking that when Han was going back over what happened when he died and I'm just like, but you're still in the car and then you're just, it cuts to a scene where you're not. (laughs) that's all all we got from that and in that case just saying the words like if if you were just gonna not tell us anyway it should have just been one or the other it should have just been the words of like well mr nobody's good at making it seem like things are real you could have left it at that without showing the flashback of what happened because they didn't actually show what happened (laughs) yeah like you could have you could have done it that way and i probably would have accepted that a little bit more than like telling us there's a good way of covering things up when it still didn't actually show us how he covered it up. (laughs) See, the way you fix that in this movie is Han gets hit and it shows him upside down the car and they go, well, how'd you get out? And he goes, honestly, I don't know. All I know is I got hit and then I woke up and Mr. Nobody was there. True. Yeah. Fix it. it. Because then you don't have to worry about an explanation because he doesn't know either. Because yeah, he's just like, I know I'm alive, yeah. and that was that was all. Because yeah. one of the things they did with this that really fucks up the explanation in this movie is this explanation would have kind of worked if you went solely based on the Tokyo Drift version of it. He gets hit, and then when they're running to the car, it blows up. Bam. Like you don't really see what's in between. Where this gets fucked up is when you add in from from Fast and Furious 7 that Shaw did it. Because Shaw walks up and tosses the little thing, and Han's still there. And then the car blows up when he's like four steps away from the car. Right. Like, yeah. And that's what fucks it up. That's why you don't have a flashback and have him, like I said, just say, I don't know, I woke up and Mr. Nobody had saved me. Right. No flashback, none of that shit, and it solves your problem. Like, and I, I, I agree though. I think that if this movie hadn't surprised some of that stuff, and we went into this movie, and then all of a sudden Hans there, and you find out that he's Jacob Toretto, I think I would have enjoyed this movie more because mm-hmm. there would have been something yeah. new. There would have been something agree. special about it. 
other than this, I went into a movie and then I went, oh, I saw the trailer. I saw the fucking movie. Like, yeah. that's what sucked. Yeah. Is it ruined everything? If you didn't know they were going to space, that would have fucking been great. All these little things would have been great if you just didn't know. Yeah, you could kind of spoil some of the scenes, like the magnets and whatever, blah, 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 or the like fucking Indiana Jones, Castlevania rope swing, whatever. That's fine. Ruin that shit. But like all these other things, it's like you said, Justin, this movie was written like those were surprises and they weren't. And so you're just like, when they're like, oh, that's Dom's brother. You're just going, yeah, I know. You're not going, <laughs> yeah. what? You're going, yeah, duh. I knew that like eight months ago. Get on with it. Yeah. Like whenever that sniper's happening, you, you don't even get to go, man, I wonder who the sniper is. <gasps> oh my God, it's Han. You went, oh, Han's the sniper. Right. Okay. Like, it's just so anticlimactic. You know, like, it's just, you're just like, oh, okay, cool. I knew that. And then they just do, like, when they find out that he's a sniper, it's really just like, they just do that head nod of like, oh, Han, you got us again. Like, not even like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're alive. Like, it wasn't even the right reaction to have to finding that out in the movie, like, in that universe. I mean, think about like, how, silly Han, he's yeah. alive, you know? Like, think about how crazy it would have been if they're doing this movie and they're going through it, and he's like, yeah, Han sent me this. Uh, like, or I got this the day Han died. And they're going and they're doing all this stuff. And you're like, man, why are they talking about Han? He's dead. Like, all this stuff. Because you still wouldn't have thought, oh, this man's coming back to life. You know, you still wouldn't have thought that you would have been like, man, what, what, like, what's the deal? Like with all this Han stuff, you know, like yeah, what's the connection or something? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, then you would have been blown away by Han being alive. As soon as they mentioned like, oh, Han sent me this, go investigate it. You're like, oh, go find Han. Cause I know he's alive. Right. Like, Absolutely. How true. long is it? Then they're sitting there, they're doing all that shit. And I'm like, okay, how much longer till we get to see Han? Cause I already know he's alive. Like, why are you dragging yeah. this out? Just get to Han. Like, it felt so unnecessary when you're watching it because you know the outcome. You're just like, yep. why did it take eight minutes of movie to get to Han after you mentioned him? Just get to Han. You knew. Yeah. So it just sucks so bad. Like, it, it just kind of like, dr- like drains everything from any tension or surprise or joy or anything in it it just it sucked away so hard and then the way they found it was dumb too like they were sitting at a noodle restaurant or something and then they went oh a mexican flag is right there and then that was how they found him (laughs) (laughs) wasn't that it i mean i think that was it (laughs) they went oh yeah he said tokyo was his own little mexico like, why would Tokyo be your Mexico? Tokyo has an extradition treaty with a lot of places. That's not the same thing as going across the border in the olden days where there was no extradition treaty. Tokyo has one with a lot of places. Like, you can't commit a crime and then go to Tokyo and be like, ah, safe. No, they catch you, they extradite you back, like, real quick. Like, you 
No questions asked. They just send your ass back. Like, it makes no mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's, say what you will about, like, the Avengers movies, but or the Marvel movies. They are at least really good at making sure you don't know what's really going on in the trailers. Like, enough for you to be intrigued to want to watch it, but they don't spoil things. And I feel like even with action movies, that's important. That's a really important thing, especially because if it's an action movie, most likely the yeah the only things you're going to care about in it are the action sequences. So don't show everything in the trailer. You have to give at least one action set piece, a big action set piece. You have to show none of it. You have to have at least one right. action set piece that is new for it to work. Show little bits and pieces of other ones, fine, whatever. But you have to give the audience something that's just truly, like, you you didn't really see. And the problem with that is, is they showed the climax of every one of these action set pieces. They showed Mm -hmm. the climactic moment of all of them. You're just like, oh, okay. Like... You right. saw them flipping the beast with the cars. You saw the swing. You saw them going to space. You saw all this shit. So you're just like, oh, I've seen it. So like, once they're yeah. in space, sure, I guess that part was kind of new. But you knew they were going there. Like, don't show space at all. You just don't. Yeah. Don't show the rocket car. None of it. Just don't show a damn thing. Like, legit, the biggest surprise in the movie was Cardi B. <laughs> I was, was about to say, surprise. why was Cardi B a bigger surprise than Han in this movie? Yes. Why was Cardi B a bigger surprise than Space? Why was Cardi B a bigger right. surprise than Jacob Toretto? Why was, like, <laughs> honestly, the biggest surprise is just Han confronting Shaw at the end of the movie. That's the biggest surprise. Is they're they they're showing that confrontation now. Now they only showed it for what half a second, but like that was the biggest surprise almost in the movie. Is like oh fuck, Han like Han went after Shaw. It wasn't like a like a Shaw finding out Han's alive. No no no, Han went after Shaw. Yeah, that like yeah, like that's it. But holy fuck, that's a mid credit sequence. That should not be me going, oh, damn. Like, I should I should have that feeling somewhere else in the movie. Just anywhere else. Just something. Anything. Just at some point in this movie, I should yeah. have said, oh, damn. Like, I knew in the last movie they were going to fight a submarine. But, like, you just saw the submarine coming out at the in the trailer. That was smart. You know? They don't give away the end of the submarine fight in the trailer. They just show like, right. oh, fuck, it's a submarine. That's a cool little setup because then you kind of know what's going to happen, but you want to see how you get there. But then you don't ruin the end. They ruined the end of the big action set piece at the end of this. I guess the only thing in the trailer they didn't show is them crashing the car through the satellite. But also, yeah. at what point whenever they were like, oh, no, how do we stop this? Did you not think they're going to smash through the it, with the car? Like, right? That was obviously what they were going to do. Like, they, <laughs> you know. So you're just like, oh, of course. Like, I mean, just any number of things. It was fucking crazy that they like went away around it the way they did. 
Like, it's just this movie was like a bunch of setup of anticlimactic moments. Like, none of the things they built towards, like, worked. None of it. Because it was all ruined. And also, like, how many fucking gadgets are there that can just destroy the world? Like, gadgets. Just little gadgets. Just (laughs) world-ending gadgets. How many of those? They're just, yeah, they're all over the place. And nothing against Edinburgh, but I wouldn't put something that could potentially destroy the world in Edinburgh. (laughs) Oh, man. I just don't understand. And I'm not, like, I'm worried that they're going to try to do CGI Brian in another one of these movies. I was just perfectly fine with Brian no. and Maya being gone. Or Mia. That would ruin everything if they Brian tried. and Mia being gone just worked. They explained it well enough. It was fine. Like, it sucked for Jordana Brewster because she couldn't come back because of it. But it worked. And it kind of worked in this movie when it was... Well, you know, but Brian's watching the kids and, you know, you trust him because he'll be on the move and all this other stuff. That's why Brian has the kids, you know, to keep them on the move and be safe. Cool. I get that. But then Brian's showing up to family dinner and you're just like, fuck, they're going to do it. They are so going to do it. They are going to (laughs) hardcore fucking CGI Paul Walker into this next movie or at least into 11. They're going to do it. And I get the urge to do it. I get why they want to. He was such an integral part to this franchise. You know, I get it. He's been in more full movies of this franchise and up until when he died than Vin Diesel had. Because yeah. he was at least in two. I know Vin Diesel makes a cameo at the end of three, but I don't really count. He's in it for like one second. You know, so, like, up until when he died, he'd been in more movies of this franchise. Like, truly been in them more than Vin Diesel had. He was more integral to it than him. I get it. But fuck. I, I don't... I mean, I hope they don't, just for the sake of that would... I, I think that that would mess things up if they tried to do that. Um, Like, what they did with this one, like I said, I'm fine with it because, you know, it's just kind of understood that that's Brian... But if they tried to, yeah, if they did try to CGI it, I think it would kind of ruin the the effect of what they're trying to do with that. I mean, they could have even left it on this one in like, yeah, Brian's on his way, you know, and not pulled up in the car. Or just like you hear the, the revving of the thing when he's coming up, and then that could have been the end. You don't even need to see the car, and I think that would have worked fine too, you know. But if they did try to CGI it, I agree. I think that that would be problematic. I just feel like you, you know they're going to because they're going to want 10 and 11 to be like the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame of all this shit. They're going to want know. all the characters that have ever been a big part of Fast and Furious to be in it. You know what I mean? That's what they're going to want. Man. Mm-hmm. They're going to want mm. the mega full family to take on Cypher because that's what it's going to be. Cypher is going to be the, you know, the main bad person in 10. She's oh, yeah. going to be the main bad person in 11. You know, it's going to be fucking, what's his name? Shaw's brother, the other Shaw, will be in this on the good team. Shaw's, you know, like everybody's going to be in it. Everybody yeah. that is still alive will be back for it. And I don't mean that facetiously like, oh, the Paul Walker's dead. I'm talking about in the, the franchise. So like Gal Gadot won't be back, you know, because her right. character's dead. 
But like any of the characters that have not died in universe, they're all going to be back to take down Cypher at the end. It's going to be some bullshit like that. Yeah. And which in theory works, but in practicality of making it, I don't know how they're going to do that. Exactly. I mean, they're probably going to have Shaw's sister from Hobbs and Shaw in it. They're probably going to have Roman Reigns in it because he helped, you know, Hobbs and <laughs> you know what? They're going to bring everybody, everybody. You know, I mean, what is she going to possibly do? Is she going to have robots? Is she going to clone them and have clones of them? And we're going to get a bunch of mirror matches. Like, what are we going to do? What could we possibly go Justin, from here? I, Justin, mean, <laughs> I know you're joking, but I'm not totally against that idea. <laughs> I'm really not. I kind of think that's intriguing. She you just know what clones I them think all. is and it's, not a bad it's idea? The, it's the family against the evil family. Yeah, the family against it. the evil family, dude. I'm liking it. You gotta clone them, bro. Oh, and they'll all have like goatees or like dark eyes or something just to show they're the mm-hmm. clone ones. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Hmm. The I'm getting excited man. about this now. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. The dark familia. Oh, man. <laughs> but you know what I think is also kind of a good idea? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to a spinoff of Helen Mirren and Cardi B having something like some kind of. Oh, I'd be fine movie. with that. I mean, I do <laughs> that know. That would be kind of awesome. Like they've already said, like Vin Diesel's already said, Cardi B will be back in uh, Fast and Furious 10. She's going to be oh, another okay. character. Like they've already said she's coming back. But so, just like a spin off movie of them and their team. Yeah. I would be okay with that. I, yeah, I would too. It's fine. Like. I will like the one thing I want I truly want that I don't ever think will happen, but Universal, who makes this, has talked about the idea of doing a crossover with the Fast and Furious franchise and Jurassic Park. <laughs> nice. I think personally that that is the greatest idea in all of human existence. <laughs> oh God, dude. I would wow. love every second of that. Every second. Because, I mean, I thought it was utterly amazing when cars fought a submarine. Cars fighting a T-Rex. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> we've already seen what a T-Rex can do to a non-fast or furious car. Right. Man. Limitless possibilities. But they got to have the rock in it, you know? Yeah. But I want to see Vin Diesel fight, like, fist fight a Velociraptor. <laughs> Because you know that's what they'd fucking do. You'd fight like a Velociraptor or some shit. And like the rock would throw a Stegosaurus or something. Like, I want (laughs) to see it. I want to see them do something like from the fucking Flintstones. Where like, Letty's on a motorcycle driving up the back of a Brachiosaurus or some shit. And like, (laughs) ramping up off its head. Wow. I want to see that. I want to see Tyrese... Like, freaking out because he got picked up by a pterodactyl, but then ends up, like, on its back riding it and controlling it. Because you know that's what would happen. Yeah, and he'd say something like, I told you, I'm the one who drives, or something stupid like that. Exactly. It's like, I told you, (laughs) I drive. (laughs) It'd be great. I 100% am for that. I don't think we'll get it unless it ends up being Fast and Furious 11 is that, which, if that's the case, that's fine. But 
I don't think we'll ever get it, but I would so love it. I really would. I just would. Man. That's what I would... Like, I feel like that movie, it would be the reason why I, I was born. Like, I was <laughs> born to see that movie happen. <laughs> and I would go get a Jurassic Park Fast and Furious tattoo so hard, so fast. Just bam. You should just do that now. No, <laughs> I have to like see it on idea. screen. I need to see it on screen. <laughs> but I'm not opposed to getting a tattoo of, like, the rock riding, like, a teenage Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> I'm not opposed to getting that idea, but man, you guys got any more thoughts about this movie? Nope. Nope. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Semislayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.semislayers.com or Facebook where we're Semislayers podcast or Twitter and Instagram where we're cinema underscore slayers. There may or may not be some TikTok content coming your way because I may or may not have done a cinema slayers TikTok. But I will keep you guys updated on that in the future. Um, give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate that. That'd really help us out. Uh, tell your family. Tell your friends. Uh, tell your mothers because mothers probably feel the same way I do about the rock riding a T-Rex. And they'd love to hear me talk about it. So definitely let them know about this. And finally, as always, oh yes, before that, shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Show for our theme song and logos respectively and as i was saying as always according to justin moon knight is a best picture winner man i'm trying to think of somebody who doesn't think about this movie the soundtrack was whack man i've tried i can't think of one member of a song to sing on this section you know why because none of the soundtrack stood out to me. It was meh. And usually they're very good soundtracks. I mean, but that's like the definition of this movie. In like writing, directing, producing, shooting, watching. It is just by definition just meh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.